Oh, what is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Mighty Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. How are you doing this week, James? Very good. Good, good. Are you in high spirits? No, I've come here straight from work. Oh, well, I, I tried. <laughs> I tried. How, how was work? Was it all right? It was work-like. It was work-like. Well, you've got to earn money somewhere, James. As you said, last week, you got to do that overtime because yep. UK Games Expo is coming and we have now officially booked the hotel. We have. We haven't bought the tickets yet. This is true. Well, one of the party has. So one out of six is pretty good. So, you know, that, that's a good start. <laughs> um, I was meant to book mine and my partners today and I'm glad you've reminded me of that fact. Uh, I will do that before I go to bed this evening. Yep. But yes, we have been playing games this week. We played a fair few last night, didn't we? We did play. We did, yes. Um, we had a very good game night last night. We had uh, Ant-Man from the MTVB over. We had our newsman, Paul. We did. Um, who was here kind of celebrating his new standalone show, mm. which I guess is the big news this episode, James, is we've got to fill the entire episode by ourselves. So, we've got to do more work, James. Such a slave driver, James. I am, I am indeed, and I love it. What games did we play last night, James? What were your highlights of the night? Let's just put it that way. I mean, Marvel United's always good. We did. We played the new, Mm. well, currently the newest Marvel United, the X-Men Marvel United. It won't be that way for long, because I know they've just crowdfunded the next lot of stuff. For, for Marvel United, which I believe is multiverse, which could be interesting. No, not that they're following the MCU in any way, shape or form on that one, but yeah. Mm. How did we do it at uh, Marvel United? Because we played two games, didn't we? We did, we did, we did. We um, did. And if memory serves correctly, we won both? We did win both. One against Juggernaut, one against... Magneto. Magneto, yeah. Ironically, Magneto was easier to beat. Yes. Strange, very, very strange. But yeah, that was good fun. Uh, you had another experience... But you had another two experiences of playing unmatched. Uh, yes, I did ones this time. I, I think that was my personal highlight. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that game. Okay, that's good. Which one? The first one or the second? Because well, the got... first one you died pretty quickly. I did, I did. <laughs> but it, I was trying a new character, so I didn't quite understand how it worked. <laughs> what happened in that first one, James? What happened? Because you you were trying to stand away. Paul just came over and. Yeah, well, I, I think it's because I used one of my... Uh, I was playing Sherlock, wasn't I? Yeah. And I used one of my cards, which enabled yeah, us to switch. Yeah, you moved me and right... And I put you right in the middle of two people. <laughs> sorry. Yes. Not sorry. <laughs> but yeah, you died pretty quickly in that one. Uh, and then <coughs> myself and Paul took to taking care of Anthony. Yep. Uh, which needed to happen, obviously. And then we, we just started slogging it out because we were both pretty much at, at full health. And while we were finishing off our game, you guys set up a second game. Yes, we did um, uh, Robert Molden versus the Raptors. Yes, the other Jurassic Park uh, standalone expansion, not expansion thing. How was that one? I won that one. You won that one. Was it definitive? I mean, you got used to laying the traps everywhere, didn't you? I I did. I mean, he still got me close to dying um but i i got off to a really good start because i killed one of them almost instantly oh wow how the hell did you do that i I mean i've not played with those characters just lucky card draws oh okay fair um but yeah so i got him down to two raptors pretty quickly i mean in fairness when when we actually when you died Mm. 
in the uh, in the first game, I remember we looked at your your cards. All you had was just attack, wasn't it? Yeah. Like attack, attack, attack. No defense. And then obviously towards the bottom of your deck, you had loads of defense. So it yeah. really, that game really does have an element of luck to it, doesn't it? It does. But yeah, now that you've played a few more different characters from different sets, how do you feel about the game now as like a first impressions? Oh, I really like it. You like it. That's good. That's good. So spoilers for when we get to the eventual especially episodes. I, I enjoy it, especially at that four player count. That, that's just, it's just carnage. Oh, it's great fun. <laughs> it's great fun at four player, without a doubt. And you've got the bigger map as well, which makes it more fun. I would love to get the T-Rex and the Raptors in on those four player games. Yep. To see how they stack up on that as well. Because we were all fairly nice to each other i would say we, we all took hu- humanish yes characters during uh during that one but yeah that that was great fun uh you unfortunately had to leave after a few games yep because yeah, you had work today oh we also played marvel remix for the first time oh, we it? did we did i enjoyed that i, I really did. did i didn't think i was going to you've had an air of uh red rising about it you know with the whole building a hand of points yep. essentially but then d- with certain restrictions you know you had to have a villain you had to have a hero and blah 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 yeah and the game ended when there was 10 discard cards i believe yeah Something i like that. personally felt i that that was a bit too restrictive mm. on on the requirements of what you had to have because I, I i found that i got to a point i mean yeah you want it by a point from me yes but i had that hand within about three plays and then didn't want to get rid of it yeah so i was just literally just going no yeah, no. You we're trying to end the game, basically. No, yeah, yeah, but after two or three plays, yeah. that that's really quick. Yeah, I don't and know if that's just sheer luck or yeah. if it, if the requirements of it are a little too restrictive. Yeah. I mean, we kind of obviously that also comes with a, an element of you want a hand that's going to play well with each other. I started the game with Thor. Yeah, but in order to upgrade it to the God of Thunder, I had to find um, Thor's hammer, and that didn't come out for the entire game. Yep. Now, luckily enough, uh, Jane Foster came out and she played well with Thor. Yeah. So I managed to get some good points with that. But if I hadn't, you know, that that would have been a good sort of eight, I think it was 13 points I wouldn't have had. Uh, And I drew that in the very last round. So I only won that by one point. And it was only because Jane Foster, I think it might have been you. I I think it was you. Ironically, it was you that put it down. And I obviously, oh, yeah, I'll I'll have that. And then, of course, the next round, you did what you said. You drew a card, basically put it straight down, and that ended the game. So I was lucky. Yeah. I was very lucky on that. But very good game. Look forward to playing it again. But anyway, that was what we played last night. We've obviously played a few other things recently, but we won't talk about those. We are going to talk about the game that we played this time last year. So we'll have a quick discussion about that. And then we'll be getting on to our main event for the the episode, which is a game we've been looking forward to since I managed to get it at the end of last year. We're talking about Starship Captains. James, you looking forward to that one? I am. I thought you would be. But before we get there, James, Stained Glass of Sintra was what we played and talked about this time last year. Ooh. Yes. Now, I know that this is my personal favorite of the azul series and i know at one point you were tiptoeing around the fact that summer pavilion was your favorite then it switched to stained glass then it went back to summer pavilion then it went to stained glass i think i've settled uh, that stained glass just pips it. yeah we still haven't got you to play the new one no queen is it queen's queen's garden, queen's garden. Uh, i've only i've still only played that once so we'll hopefully get that done at some point but yeah stained glass how do you feel about it i mean obviously it's, it's your favorite as all but yeah I, I still feel the same way i did about it when we did the episode it's just a shame we haven't managed to get it to the table 
very yeah. often. Yeah, I think the few times that I've played it would have been at events that you weren't at, yep. which is a shame. But I think it's one of those things because me and you only really get to game together maybe a couple of times a week. Yeah. And one of those is on and off because it's our Monday night club, which is increasingly busy. Yeah. So we have to surrender our table. But when we're here, it's just kind of like we've got all these other games to choose from. Yeah. And that is where... I stand on on Azul Stained Glass. It is my favourite from that series, but am I going to get it to the table? Well, if I'm introducing new players, it's still one of those that's really high up there for me. But other than that, I'm probably, if I've got my normal game group with me, I'm going to choose something else. Yeah. Which is a real shame, because it is a very good game, and I think maybe, maybe even next week, we should maybe break it out as the warm-up game for the night. Yeah. Because I think we could do that. Um, I'm still high on the game. I very much look forward to playing it again, and I'm sure you're the same. Indeed. Yeah. Shall we jump on to the main event, James? Seeing as though we've been yakking for like 10 minutes now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okie dokie, guys. So, Starship Captains. What is Starship Captains? Well, it is a worker placement and space exploration style game released by Czech Games Edition in 2022. The game is designed to be played by one to four players aged 10 and up with an estimated playtime of approximately 20 minutes per player. But I think if you're playing solo, it's 40 minutes. And at the time of recording, I had a quick look earlier and you can purchase this game for around the £45 mark. In Starship Captains, players are in command of their very first starship and are hungry to prove their worth in the galaxy full of space pirates, grumpy old androids, ancient artifacts and interplanetary adventures. To achieve this goal, players must manage a crew of cadets, ensigns, androids and officers each with different special roles and capabilities. Players also have the ability to upgrade your ship with powerful engine building technology for maximum synergy. That is the basic premise of the game. Now let's talk about what comes in the box when you buy Starship Captains. Okay, Jason, inside the box you get one double-sided main board, three double-sided faction trackers, four ship boards, one central tech board, four double-sided tech slot boards, 50 tech cards, 12 Omega tech cards, two station cards, 50 mission cards, 11 event cards, 18 of each color of figure, red, yellow, and blue, 12 of the gray ones, eight Android figures, 20 promotion rings, four ship figures, and a bunch of tokens. Oh, you're not going to break down those tokens? I'm not going to break down those tokens. (laughs) Um, Tokens. Tokens. There's a fair few tokens in the game, isn't there? Yeah, pirate tokens, damage tokens, all sorts of tokens. Medals. Medals and all sorts of jazz. Yes. As always, there is solo components to this game, but we don't do solo. So if you're looking for the solo stuff, have a look on Board Game Geek. So, James... First and foremost, it's right in front of you, the rule book. The rule book. The rule book. How does it how is it laid out? Is it easy to maneuver your way around? I mean, obviously the component side of things is two full pages. It is two full pages, but I also like the fact that on the components page there are instructions on how to assemble the certain bits that need assembling. Yes, which we will get to. Um, yeah, that that will confuse a lot of people when we say assembly. Yep. It's all very brightly coloured, which helps. 
um, is very clear. The diagram of the setup is very clear. It's all nicely annotated. Um, the diagrams and each bit is on the relevant text is right next to the diagram yep. and the diagram is annotated, which is, makes it very easy to follow along with. So yeah, I think this rule book's pretty um pretty well put together. Really good, yeah. I think there's a lot of um it's a lot bigger, to be honest. Like, once you've learned the game, it, it seems like that rule book is a bit too big, really. For for how simple this game is, I would say writing wise and actually learning the rules is incredibly well written. It's very easy to understand what you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it. Like you said, the setup side of things is really, really good. Explains it, you know, point by point. The setup for the game, I will admit, is a bit of a, a faff. Bit of a faff. It's definitely a bit of a faff, I would say. I mean you've I think you've watched me set it up a few times now and it's while it doesn't seem particularly difficult, it, it, it is a bit of a faff. And it, it's also a surprising table hog, mm. I would say, for this game. Because the actual board itself is not that big, but then you've got the three tracks that go on the side. Then you've got the other track where you have where you keep all your sort of upgrades. Then all the player boards are quite big, but it surprisingly requires a lot of space. We fill the uh, the five by three table that we that we play on here with the game but other than that the rule book is incredibly well done check game edition they are really really good at making sure their rule books are very very easy to read and understandable they also include these lovely player aid cards one for every player which is great explains what all the logos and symbology and stuff does within the game uh, as well as breaking down a round overview which is really really good so moving on james the overall components of the game what are your initial thoughts on the components for this game we have a few little bits and bobs out in front of us we do um most of them are perfectly adequate you know yep. um the vast majority of it is punch board yes yeah and and normal card stock as well for for your cards the cards so the the game board's pretty sturdy mm -hmm. the, the the main board as are the uh the tech boards yep um so no bad things to say about that i really like the design of the Starship boards. Oh, the, the player board, the individual player boards. Yeah. yeah. Not uh, dual layer, but not dual layer, James. Indeed. So it's actually single layer that, that folds. Folds. Yeah. To make a dual layer punch board. Yeah. Um, that has all your crew slots nicely so they slot around in it and it's well designed for that purpose mm. as well. Yeah. So yeah, I really like these. Yep. On the uh, opposite end of the spectrum, I really dislike the Starship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the irony is you've highlighted the two things I'm going to be talking about yeah. as well. The Starship tokens. Um, okay. What don't you like about them? While they are perfectly serviceable, I don't like the way they go together because I remember putting this together with you and thinking I'm going to rip the graphic off of this, yeah. folding it up and pushing it together. Yeah. So obviously referring back to what you're talking about with your components this is the construction that we're talking about. So the boards, the player boards that James was talking about, they are fantastic. And I actually think this may well be the future of uh, dual layer boards because the problem with dual layer boards is they're really, really good, but they warp really badly. Uh, and you would think being thicker or two layers that they would be a bit more sturdy, but actually it's the complete opposite effect. Mm. They, they do, in fact, warp really badly. Whereas this, because it's a single layer that folds over... And they provide you with essentially glue dot stickers uh, that you strategically place throughout that, and it should keep it closed. I've not put, personally put them on. Mm. They they work perfectly well as it is, just folding them over. 
Um, so yeah, they're really good. And that is a construction side of things. Then, as you said, you actually have to construct the ships themselves. Now, as we said, they are serviceable and they work. They're clearly designed to do what they what they do and, and put them together. The problem is, it's just <laughs> there's already plastic within this box. Just just give me a plastic one. Yeah, that that that. If, if there'd been no other plastic in this box, I would have totally accepted a you know a a punch board and build your own ship. But you're already producing plastic. It's they've done the sculpt because you can actually download it and print it yourself for free. It's not the fact that it's punch board. It's the way it goes together. You fold it, and then it's kind of... I don't know if you... The kind it's of pressure fit. Yeah, it? the sorcery bit pushes into the fins, and it just tears the graphic off it. Yeah, if you're, if because you're not it very is a, careful. Yeah. It is a really tight fit. Yeah, which is both good and bad. It needs to be tight so it yeah. doesn't fall apart. But, yeah, do it wrong, and... You've wrecked it. You, you've wrecked it, but... Like I said, you've designed a 3D ship that can be printed. You're already producing most of the game with plastic. You've only got to produce four ships. Yeah. They all look the same. Just just give me the ships. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, yeah. Little niggles, I guess. Little niggles. But that is, I, I feel, a, 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 a misstep on, on that one. But, yeah, like you said, everything else is pretty serviceable. I am going to comment on the actual game board itself uh, first. Because there's no wrap around the board like you would normally get. So it is exposed card, uh, cardstock, basically. And history has taught us that this is bad. Because, you know, moisture can get in there. Eventually this could swell, which will eventually make the, the graphic on the board potentially come up. I don't know. I probably would have just stuck a wrap around it, personally. But that, that's just me. Again, that's added cost, I guess. Maybe they're trying to keep the costs down. I'm not sure. Other than that, the components are very, very good. The miniatures aren't too bad. There's a fair few of them. The cardstock is very good. I'm going to now have to bring up the fact. Get ready. <laughs> no box, box inserts. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Not a bit of card. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's an open box. It's, a, it's quite a big box for what's in it. And because of such, my game board when I first got it out is dented. My rule book is dented. My cards were not dented, but they, they showed signs of damage. And it is solely because they were rattling around in the box because there was nothing holding them in place. Not even a piddly little FFG style box insert where they stick a couple of bits of cardboard in there to hold it in place. This box had so much air, it's actually caused a lot of damage to my game. Not to the point that it's not playable, but it was noticeable, uh, which is a problem. I'm, I'm not going to go on <laughs> about the box insert. I have now... I've actually made a box insert. It took me about six hours with some cards, yeah, with some uh, graphics medium chipboard and and some foam core, and it works really, really well. I've now also ordered a third party one, which I'm I'm going to wait for because it's actually a Kickstarter that I've done it. And finally, James, with the components, and I know this isn't something that you will not have noticed. I'm going to pass you this box lid and ask you to fill that box lid. Does that or does that not feel incredibly? Thin and flimsy to you. 
by comparison of normal yes. boxes. Made worse by the fact that there's no insert. The bottom one now is actually pretty sturdy, but now that's I've got my box insert in there. Yeah. So I do feel when it comes to the storage of this game, they've saved quite a bit of money on that. However, it looks lovely. It does. Lo- this cover art is, is amazing. It's really, really good. Yes. Um, the, the Star Trek that isn't Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, let, let's just address the elephant in the room. This is... Star Trek, the board game, without the IP plastered all over it, yes? Because mm-hmm. you, if I understand, am a fan I of am. Star Trek. I am a Star Trek fan. And yeah. it, yes, it's Star Trek without the IP. Yeah. So I, this should be an interesting discussion, James, because I'm not a Star Trek fan. I actually dislike Star Trek. Now, that would beg the question as to why I own this game. I liked the look of it. I like the premise around this game. Um, and one thing I do like is the Orville. Mm. So for me, in my head, I rethink this as the Orville. I mean, it could be. <laughs> it, uh, in argument, it could actually be stated that this is actually, despite the fact that the box art clearly screams Star Trek, that mm. this is actually the Orville board game because it's got that slightly more light-hearted feel to it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of the halfway point, isn't it? Like, it, it's not Star Trek, but it clearly is. Mm. This is a Star Trek-inspired game. Yes. that That's where I think we'll leave it on this one. Theme for the game, James? Are you a fan? Do you think it works? I do think uh, the, the yeah. theme works brilliantly for this game. Yeah? Okay, cool. Well, I guess we, we need to... Uh, transition ourselves now into the gameplay because we've talked about the theme mm-hmm. let's talk about the gameplay james any particular highlights about this game that really stand out to you personally that you either really like or don't like or both okay so the two elements that i enjoy about this game are i really like how the work placement aspect works mm-hmm. yeah and i like the engine building aspect of the tech yes so yeah the worker placement aspect let's let's highlight that a little bit because that's on my list of things that i do indeed like so you start the game with if memory serves correctly six different color ensigns so yeah i think you have two red two blue two yellow and then a gray cadet yes uh four of which are in your ready room three of which are in your queue yes and what those workers are they, they are how you do your actions in the game so on your your individual player board, your ship, you've got essentially four, I guess, uh, I mean, they're, they're not squares, but basically let's say squares. One is red, one is yellow, one is blue, one is grey. The red one is to move. So in order to move your ship on the main board, you use a red ensign. You perform one move action, which allows you to move twice. Yep. And then that red ensign would join the back of the queue. Yes. Yellow one allows you to shoot the various pirates that you will find uh, scattered about the board. The blue one allows you to buy tech to upgrade your ship. Yep. And the grey one is ultimately he's useless because he can literally only repair the ship, whereas all the other three can also be used yep. to repair the ship. They can also be sent on away missions, so on and so forth. So that, that that's basically it. That, that's your core game mechanics of, of how you move about the board and, and stuff like that. And for the most part, it's actually really difficult to get new people into your ship. For the most part, you will go most of the game with just those seven. Apart from, I think it's rounds three and four, you get given an extra cadet. Yeah. You can use medals that you procure throughout the game in order to retrain your ensigns. You can train your cadet to become an ensign. Yep. And you can also use those medals to promote one of your ensigns to being a commander. 
Now, that, this is another thing I want to talk about for the game, James, is that commander mechanic. Yes. While I like the idea of it, I really do, I personally find it to be a bit of a waste in, in order a waste of medals in order to do it because what that does essentially is you put a little circular thing around the base of your your ensign which then signifies them as a commander they can then perform two actions yep that could be two of the same action it could be one of two different actions or you can perform one action make them join the queue and then kick out one of their department's ensigns back into the ready room so that you've got another person to use yeah so basically you always is it you always have to leave three in the queue don't yes, you yeah so what jason means by that is say say you had five guys in the queue and then your commander joins the back and say he's a red commander mm-hmm. so he is sixth in the queue but there's a red at four mm-hmm. so you're not going to get that that fourth one that that red back on the next refresh so he can immediately kick him out of the queue mm-hmm. and he still stays there for your turn so you're effectively getting an extra turn yes yeah to do things which is very useful I find them most useful, though, for their away mission. Memory serves correctly, because I, I, it's one of the few me- mechanisms within the game I don't tend to use. But for memory, if you use them on an away mission... You get double the reward. You get double the reward, which is, is pretty good. That, yes. That's not too bad. That's usually what you've got to weigh up, because the medals are worth points at the end of the game. So you've got to weigh up, am I getting more benefit by stockpiling my medals for points at the end of the game, or am I better off spending them to actually do stuff? within the game yeah yeah so yeah that that's the commanders I, i'm sort of on the fence about it that's kind of like a i guess like a, a meh mechanism for me personally i quite like it i i usually i think in all the games we've played there's only been one where i haven't promoted a promoted up a commander i always usually have at least one yeah i think i, I would say i always end up with one but you know you can do up to five in this and and I'm just sitting there going who in their right mind is wasting you know 15 medals because it costs three yeah well unless you've got that tech card that allows you to do it for one less that that's usually when you start spamming the commanders yeah so uh, and uh, the, uh, the commanders are actually worth points at the end of the game they're worth one point yeah if you've got a commander they're worth one point so i guess we, we can use that as a nice little transition over into talking about those tech cards james because yes. they are ways of creating a really nice synergy within your your grand scheme yes um there is also a way to i guess th- th- there's what on the your tech deck where you can buy new tech there is also omega cards yeah which essentially are end of game scoring points from yeah, what i've uh, seen apart from the really 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 filthy broken one oh which one's that then Jim? the one that you usually snap up as soon as it comes <laughs> out the one that the one that the last couple of games we played we've intentionally removed from the deck yes yeah uh which for reference of this at the end of the game when you're doing your final scoring the very last thing you do is you have to subtract one point per damage that your ship currently has. There is a Omega... I think I believe it's an Omega it card. It is an Omega card. Um, which you... It's basically written that you would still subtract one for every damage you get, but then that Omega card gives you one for every damage that you have. Yes. Which is ultimately like saying it negates damage yep uh and yeah it's it's broken as sin because you can just literally do whatever you want let the damage pile up in your ship yep i suppose some background about damage as well in this you can't die mm. you just keep taking damage yeah. the the one thing that i would say with regards to damage and going down that strategy is you are 
It's pointless ever shooting pirates. It's pointless collecting treasure because obviously as soon as you get another damage, it immediately takes it out. Yeah. Uh, because damage always takes precedence over over any treasures that you may have procured within the game. But tech cards, James, uh, in all the games we've played, because we've played a fair few now, would you say that the tech cards are well balanced? Aside from that one, yes. Okay. I disagree. Interesting. Not in a speci- not in a way that's as bad as that one. That that card that we've just been talking about is OP. It shouldn't really be in the game as far because if you've got that card, it's it's basically like saying you're going to be one of the top players. I would argue that some of the tech cards are also very very powerful. We think back to the last game that we played. I managed to get the three tech cards which allowed me to retrain ensigns free of charge, and I got all three of the colors mm-hmm. so i was able to just retrain my, my 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 ensigns and that enabled me to do so much more and i won that game by a substantial amount i would say though that that's more for the rest of us for not snapping them up yeah i mean it obviously helped the the very first one that came out was the retrain to blue because then as soon as another one come out it's like right retrain that to blue claim that one mm-hmm. oh there's another one cool retrain that to blue claim that one. Oh, now i've got all three you know now it's like well i can do all these missions i haven't got to worry about getting to these mi- yeah we'll talk about missions and how they work in a second but i i can take these missions oh look this is a seven point mission uh what do i need that okay retrain that next turn retrain that done you know and it just became a very very powerful engine that i had yeah like i said i wouldn't necessarily because the odds are of you getting all three of those are very slim and the only reason i didn't take one of them is because i was doing the whole link Mm. thing that's the engine i was trying to build i didn't actually care about the text on the card it was all about getting those links yeah so the 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 links that you're you're talking about again this is another interesting mechanic with regards to the tech when you buy tech, it goes into your... I can't remember. Tech slots. It, it says, yeah, you've got your own little personal tech slots at the uh, board at the bottom of your ship. And at the start of the game, some of them are damaged, so you can't place anything there. But once they're all down, you've, you've got, I think it's six slots where you can put text. And each tech card has... Little icons little on icons the side of certain, it. Certain parts of it. And if you get two identical icons to line up as you put a card down, that gives you basically an extra action. It's, a specific action. If mode. memory serves, it's move, repair, or gain a medal. Those are your three yeah. things. Yeah, I, th- I think there's other ones as well, but they're the, they're the main ones that you will see. And that's that's dirty because then if you've got a tech card that also like because there's some in there that are color coordinated. So when you have that, it gives those color ensigns another option. Yeah. To to do so, let's say, oh, maybe I've got I'm not round a pirate, but I've got two yellows. Well, I've yep. actually got a yellow action here that I can use. I mean, depending on your strategy, this is why I don't think the tech cards are OP. Because a lot, almost all of them could be classed as OP. Do you not remember the, you, you're talking about that synergy. Do you not remember the one where I had, what was it? The, um, the, the I can't remember what, the Galaxy Drive, which is basically, I don't need to use my red ensigns. I can jump halfway across. I can, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I can basically. The jump drive, yeah. Yeah, I can just go bang. And it, I, I think it costs, I think it was a yellow card. It was a yellow, yeah. So I don't want to shoot any pirates because I take damage. So I'm not shooting with my yellow ensigns. Oh, look, now I can move with them. And only that I'm not restricted to the space lanes. I'm at this end of the board. Now I'm at that 
that end of the board. Yeah. Whoop. Yeah. Why not? Exactly. If you got so it, use it. All of them could be classed as OP. Hmm. I just think they're situational as to when they're OP. Yeah. I mean, I, I could say I can understand where you're coming from on that one, um, but I do feel that some of them are. Not, I mean, yeah, the, definitely nowhere near as desirable as some of the others. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it just kind of leads me to on the grounds of yeah, they're probably not all that balanced. Yeah. I mean, the, the weapon ones are pretty powerful if your tactic is to go round is the pirate hunter yeah. st- uh, strategy basically but I never go for that option so no. I just ignore the weapons yeah I, I am going to talk about that particular strategy but before we talk about that I want to talk about missions um, and there is there is a reason for that so the the key thing of this game is, is clearly what this game is based around is there are various missions dotted about the board which as you complete them with your various coloured ensigns you you know, you you move your ship, you land on the, the the planet, you send your ensigns out. They do some kind of humanitarian work, I'm guessing. Get a big cheer from the locals, and then you get given victory points. Yeah, is essentially the long and short of it. That is probably the best way to score points within the game because you can be awarded anything from two to seven points. Yes, per mission. So the layout of the mission cards, um, you will have uh, a bit of fluff text yep. telling you what the mission is, uh, and then down the side of it, it's got like colored bars and this is how you you always get the victory points yep and the colored bars will have rewards next to them yep and you've got a little slot on your player board where that mission card goes i think you can have up to three three colored squares because there are three yes three trans yeah. Yeah. Three transporter bays, because that's what they're supposed to be. Uh, And you put your crew members into the transporter room, which is at the end of your queue. Yep. And they will complete it. So you can send any color, any color you want. So it could be red, blue, blue. Yep. And you could send yellow, yellow, yellow. If that's yeah. what you had, yeah. you would always get the victory points. You just don't get the rewards. Yeah, because the rewards are only uh, are only given if you match the, the color, color to that particular reward. Um, you also have androids within the game, which are actually really, really good. Like if you can get them because you get given them as rewards for various different things throughout the game. They can be used as essentially wild colors on away missions. Yes. But they're also, they're androids, so you don't really care about them. Um, that as a present to the locals, you leave it there. Yeah. Because it's clearly C-3PO and he's just annoying. So yeah, you just, you use them and you just leave them because they, they don't, they don't go back on your ship. Nope. And they are, their base is specifically designed so that it won't fit in the queue. Yes, exactly. So th- that that's basically missions. Miss- missions are easy. Missions are what, how you score the majority of your points within the game. Now, let's double back to that pirate hunter aspect, James, because when I played this game for the first time, James, I kind of wasn't really interested in flying around the board in a pick-up-and-deliver style game of completing these exploration missions. I wanted to go around and be the pirate hunter. Mm. I wanted to go around and shoot pirates because pirates give you points at the end of the game. The downside is it also gives you damage, which you then have to use certain people to, to fix your th- yeah, fix your ship and, and try and maintain that balance. The problem I have, this is this is one of the main issues I do have with this game, and it's not a, partic- it's not a devastating one because I do enjoy this game. The only way, if you want to win this game, you have to do missions. There is no way of equaling points value of doing those missions. And that it, that's a shame to me because that really has press gagged everyone into doing the same thing. Yeah. Whereas multiple paths to victory would have been great. 
you know, do you want to be a pirate fighter? Yes, I do. Right, cool. Well, you can do that. And I've scored as many points as, you know, little Jimmy, who's gone and done nothing but missions. Doesn't work like that. If I wanted to be a tech genius, you know, I have a really decked out ship that has all these amazing synergies. Like you said, you're, you're getting medals every time you're doing this, that and the other. Medals are only worth half a point at the end. Yep. So you can't even do it with that. If you're not completing missions, you haven't got a hope in hell of being anywhere near a, a, a winner yep. in the game. And that, I think, is a bit a bit of a downer. Yeah, a single, single path to victory, basically shoehorning you all into doing it. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a shame, bit of a shame. And I'd like to see maybe something in the future that, you know, maybe an expansion that addresses that issue or maybe makes those paths to victory a bit more optional. But yeah, that that's um, that's that. Anything else about the gameplay that particularly stands out to you, James? Good or bad? I'm not so sure I'm a fan of, reser- of reserving missions. Basically, yep. so the missions are on planets, which are obviously depicted on main board. Mm-hmm. Whoever gets there first effectively reserves it. Yeah, as long not- as you're sat on it and you're the first person to arrive, no one else can do that mission. Yeah, I'm not a fan of yeah. that. And that plays into one of the other things that, again, it sounds like I'm being really negative about this. I'm not meaning to be super negative, but one of the negative things i don't like about the game is the player interaction there is almost none other than if you get to the mission that i wanted to get to before me yeah that's a mild annoyance you take the tech card that i was looking up that's a mild annoyance yeah that's it i i would like to have seen a bit more player interaction mm. i i agree with you Shota. i don't agree with the whole if you happen to get to a planet first that you reserve it. If you use an action to claim it, mm. I might understand. You know, oh, I can't complete it, but if I use my action to claim it, yeah. and I'll complete it next turn, fair enough. Because you've then sacrificed your turn. Yeah, the only bit of what I would actually call player interaction is when you complete the faction trackers. Because mm. lo- you get the... Uh, they've all got a card on them and they all give you certain things and quite a lot of them do you have to make a decision because it will be you get a benefit but everyone else gets this minor benefit yeah and it's like do i want everyone to have this minor benefit yeah yeah exactly so yeah that's uh player interaction yeah there's not a great deal of it in the game but i would say uh, on the whole the pros of this game heavily outweigh the cons it is good fun to play the game I have one concern that I was talking to you about before we actually started recording, which was while I'm playing this game all the time right now, I love this game. It's probably one of my favorite games from last year. It's actually currently in my top 10 of all time. However, it's not been out that long. Where will I feel this sits in a year's time? Yeah. Is there enough replayability in this game to keep it fresh? Yeah. And all the time that there's only one path to victory, I think the answer to that is no. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in two minds if I'm honest about this. It's like like I said, you know, I being a, a a science fiction fan in general, I'd say this game whets my appetite for it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm completely honest with myself, as much as I do enjoy it, it leans towards the lighter weight of th- uh, of games to me. I I, I I can already see this 
And I'm like, okay, I want, what do I want to see in this game? Okay, a second playable faction. So you can have player player interaction. Yeah, yeah. Slightly, everything that's in this game, but slightly more. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. I think you're 100% right. On a scale of 1 to 10, this sits on the scale of weight at about three mm. maybe it, it's it's not gateway by far you know far from it but we're nowhere near middleweight no you know it's very very lightweight game uh, which is not a detriment it's just not what i was expecting yeah I, I was expecting more like i said it's it's made me think it's like yeah this is great but now i want more now i want more yeah yeah i mean that in itself is good because it's now got you sitting there going i i want more which means oh you're, you've announced an expansion cool there's my money yeah yeah that that's exactly how it should be in business I guess but as of yet I believe they have said or, or the designer has said in, in the past that yes he is working on an expansion but nothing has been made official there's no pre-orders no re- artwork or anything like that for it yet so I'm hoping that will be announced at some point this year if it comes out because obviously this was released at Essen I'm hoping the first expansion will also be released at Essen because mm. this was not a Kickstarter James this was a straight to retail which top marks for that yep. really really good so James any final thoughts about the game before we move on to our evaluation of where it should sit in the collection? Yeah. I think the final thoughts is just basically repeating what I've just said, which is I do enjoy this game. I enjoy the genre of the theme of this game. It technically ticks all the boxes, but after playing it, now I want a bit more in depth. Mm, yeah. And I think being a space game, a space exploration game especially, I, I was really expecting yeah. okay. something a bit so, more. Not not sort okay. of 4X or 18XX or whatever. No, no, no. But the exact this, but more. Yeah. That's why it's like so I, I, sort of delving into the franchise that it's so obviously based on. Yeah. There, like you said, there's no aside from the pirates. There's no, there's no combat. So I would immediately like to see a choice of two factions mm-hmm. for the players. Maybe a, a slightly bigger board. Maybe a slightly bigger p- player count. Maybe instead of four, but make it six and have three and three. Okay, yeah. So you've still got that sort of element because you're all basically on the same team. Yeah. You still got that sort of element of it, but two teams. So there are there is a bit of player interaction. There's no random encounters. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of these science fiction franchises is ship ship is flying through space Encounter, and get, encounters a meteor storm. Yeah, a meteor <laughs> storm, a, a gravity flux, a wormhole, a blob, insert generic sci-fi yeah. anomaly. None of that yep. that could just, you know, randomly do things. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you're saying, and I think I think what you're saying, James, is probably what I really, if I if I if I try and put my thoughts into words, which I guess I really should be doing on a podcast, but you want something to ramp the game up. Yes, you want you. Well, it is because the, the, ga- just- the game is good. The game is very good, but there's just n- there's no climactic finish to it. There's no there's no there's no events that make you go ah. Every, well, so space is a dangerous place yeah. to start with. It's like you said, meteor shells. It's like it's almost like if you're going to make it just so you have to get to these missions, and it's kind of a race to who gets there first. Which is, yeah, it really is. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a family-friendly way to phrase this, but the game should almost be trying to stop you from getting there. Yeah, it's like like you know, you've encountered a random wormhole. You were flying here. Whoop! You're on the other side of the board now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There. 
that kind of thing would be pretty cool. And I'd imagine it'd be fairly easy to implement by... An event card. An event deck. An event deck, just as, you know, you have to draw an event card every time you cross a space lane. Yeah, yeah. Or if you use your really OP jump drive, it's like, oh yeah, I've done the jump drive, now I've got to reveal an event deck, which maybe one in eight or something like that is bad. Yeah. You know, something like that. Would be kind of cool. And I think... If you brought out something like that as like a module yeah. for the game, so it's like, no, the base game is the base game, much like Heat. Yeah. You know, release a module. It's like, right, I want to, we're playing with all people that have played this game before. We want to step this up a little bit. Let's use the events module. Let's use the rival faction model or, you know, module and stuff like that. Yeah. That, I think, is a really cool I, idea. I mean, to be honest, I think Heat has set the standard for that that module mm. um, way of doing things. It's like, yeah, because it is literally a lot of expansions are quite like you said full on to integrate them whereas that is just I love the way that those just slot in yeah and a lot of games could learn from that yeah uh, I think it was done exceptionally well and I definitely think that CGE should look at going down that route for expanding Starship Captains because mm. I, I, I'm sure it's going to happen because this game got a lot of buzz last year it's still getting buzz now it's only recently come back into retail that where it's not selling out immediately. So, yeah. yeah. Value, James. Do you think there's value in this game? £45 is what you can currently buy this for. I believe the RRP is about £59. I think, if I'm brutally honest, it's a little steep for what's in there. Okay, okay. What makes you think that? No box insert. I mean, the the zero box insert is not good. But, uh, I mean, I would ultimately, I would disagree to to a level. I think the components in there... Are were you know they're very very good quality. I think they are worth that price. However, it is ruined by the you know I don't want to say that it's overpriced because it hasn't got a box insert. It should have had at least something. It should have. I had don't something, expect yeah. it to be the best box but if, insert. If you're gonna spend how much did you say the RRP was? I, I think it's about fifty nine. You're gonna spend fifty nine pound on a box uh, on on a game, and then you I, I was here when you opened it. Yes, I was heard the curse words that flew out of your mouth as uh, you started pulling the components out yes if you're gonna part with that much money mm-hmm. you're not expecting to be pulling damaged components out of a 100%. box yeah i i would agree with that yeah uh, and i can't pass it off onto the company that i bought it from because it was exceptionally exceptionally well packaged the outside of the box james is spot on bar where i dropped it about three days ago yeah it's been spot on till now. So all that damage came from the inside of that box, which is a real shame. Uh, and yeah, I know CG has now given out the license for other companies to make official licensed inserts for it. Maybe do that before you put it in production and then, I don't know, stick one in the box. Would be great. Thank you. Or have it as an option to buy on release. You know, openly say there's no box insert in it. However, if you want it, it's an extra 10 quid. I would happily pay it, and I think a lot of people would, if it's going to protect the game, the investment that they have made. Okay, so let's talk about gameplay length, James, very quickly. Um, I think I got it slightly wrong at the start, but it, it basically says it's about 20 to 25 minutes per player. Would you agree with that? So let, let's say on a four-player four game. An hour. You reckon an hour? I, I would say it's pretty quick for a four-player game. I, mean, once I, I, would got, say, once, I would say about an hour and a half. Once you've got the rules down, I would say we've done it in about an hour. Um, once it's, it's That's what we were saying about it being towards the lighter weight of the games is there isn't 
once you once you understand the mechanics of the game, it's not that the turns go by pretty quickly. And yeah, I'd say maybe just over an hour. Okay. I, I mean, I, yeah, I'd still it's more towards the hour and a half. But yeah, I can see if everyone knows how to play the game, they know their strategies. You could probably you could probably bring that down. Uh, add in the setup time. I mean, the setup time. Yeah, if we're including the setup time, definitely an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. 20 minutes to set the game up properly, you know, uh, conservatively, as a maximum 20 minutes. Once you know how to set up the game without having to read the rule book, that does shorten that a fair bit. But uh, yeah, adding the setup time, you, you are looking at somewhere between an hour and 15 to an hour and 45. I know that you don't own this game, James. What's your mindset when it comes to whether you would recommend this to someone to buy or just play? I, while I personally do think it's a little on the expensive side for what you're getting, I would still recommend as a, as a purchase and a play. So with the fact that you can buy it £45, yeah. is that worth someone's money? I would say yes. Yeah, okay. It, cool. it, it's, it is an enjoyable game. If you're into the that kind of stuff, doubly so. Yeah. Um, and as someone who is not into Star Trek, mm-hmm. uh, or particularly into sci-fi as a general, I like it. I, I think it's worth every penny that I paid for it. I don't think I paid the full RRP. I can't actually remember. I think I paid 50 when I when I got mine. But... Aside from the the few minor negatives that I've said, as a you know, I've also said that this is currently one of my favourite games of all time, and I am very excited to see where it goes going forward. Which probably doesn't surprise anyone to say that this is going to be a collection keeper for me, uh, at least for the next year to a year and a half. We're getting a lot of plays of this in at the moment. There's a lot of people requesting it. I am going, in fact, we're both going to a brand new board game convention uh, this coming weekend where we will probably take this with us and I'm sure we'll be teaching new people there. So definitely for me, I think it's worth the £45. If you can't get it for that sort of price and you're forced to play the RRP, I'd probably sit around and wait for a little bit. But other than that, it's pretty good. I'm very happy with it. Do I recommend the game? Yes, I do. I think James does as well. Other than that, is there anything else you want to say about it, James? No, I think we're pretty much done, Okey mate. Dokey. Now, I, I nearly, I nearly, James, went and said, let's hand over to our newsman, Paul. But I can't do that anymore. Nope. So now I've got to come up with some other way of just, you know, close this down. How do we do it? I don't know. We've I never had we to ju- do it. Well, I suppose we just do our normal close down, but without that sort of, let's hand over to Paul. <laughs> on, on that note, guys, this coming Thursday is going to be Paul's very first solo standalone news show so uh, we look forward to hearing what he does with that he's now taken full ownership of that show i'm not doing any of the editing i'm not doing any of the music or anything like that so i'm very very interested to see what he does with it uh but yeah should we get off james and uh go and play play some games or something something like that let's do it let's do it thank you for joining us guys till next week my name has been jason and i've been james and you have been listening to the meeple minded podcast join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness ta-ta goodbye